0: Hello, I'm Eddie Farah, founding partner of Farah & Farah, a personal injury firm in Florida and Georgia. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, brought to you by Farah & Farah.
1: It's Florida Daily TV, brought to you by FloridaDaily.com. For all your news on politics, business, and education, it's FloridaDaily.com. Now, here's your host, Ed Dean. Welcome to another edition of Florida Daily TV, right here on FloridaDaily.com. I'm your host, Publisher Ed Dean. And of course, this is brought to you by Farah and Farah, lawyers serving since 1979, lawyers you can trust. Go visit them at the website, FarahandFarah.com. One of my favorites. He's been on my radio show. It's good to have him here on Florida Daily TV. Economist. He is author through the book, Rich State, Poor States. Did I get the title right, Jonathan?
2: Absolutely. Good to be with you, my friend.
1: You could say rich state, blue states, but the only rich states I know are all, for the most part, blue states. Anyway, we've got to talk about that, how there's more rich Democrats or all Republicans. But Jonathan Williams is an economist with one of the biggest outfits in the country, the American Legislative Exchange Council. The website's alec.org. I want to talk about the economy for this year. Here is uh, the economy 2021, Fox Business Network. Dagan McDowell what they're predicting this year
2: economic expansion Goldman Sachs raising its forecast for the U.S. economy eyeing 6.6 percent growth this year four and a half percent unemployment Biden administration floats a nearly two trillion
3: dollar stimulus package
1: now let's set this up not to sound partisan here Jonathan the 6.6 percent now that while I may have to sound a little partisan here let's be honest if this stimulus gets passed, as bad as this could be by bailing out the states, when you do inject money into the economy, you do have a short-term effect. Just, just the way there's a short-term effect. You don't want the long-term effect. Goldman Sachs comes out and says, the economist, this year, unemployment was 4.5%. Now it's around 6.5% right now. Follow me with the GDP. If this is based on government expenditures, which is what they're talking about, 6.5% this year, 43 this year, next year, they're talking 1.6% two years down the road. That was the disastrous last year of the Obama administration. Now, I'm setting all this up. Jonathan, I will not be surprised if we see gross domestic product, people spend money to hit 6.5% this year. Not because of anything Biden's going to do, but you got a lot of bent up frustration. A lot of these blue states are going to probably try to reopen things back up. The economies are going to make a roar. That to me is going to be the reason why if the economy comes back, what do you see?
2: Yeah, that's that's right. I mean, I think there's a great chance we have a phenomenal GDP growth year in 2021 because of the pent-up demand that you mentioned and the fact that uh, some of these blue states and cities are going to start opening up. They realize the huge travesty that they've caused by some of these over the top lockdown orders to small businesses and individuals across the board. But I think your point is exactly the right point and the right question that policymakers need to be asking right now is Not just what will goose the economy in the short term in 2021, but how do we avoid the mistakes of the Obama era when we had the slowest economic growth coming out of a recession since World War II in GDP and and other ways of looking at it? And what are the policies that will give us long term economic competitiveness and growth versus move us in the wrong direction, which unfortunately, Ed, what we're seeing a lot out of Washington is maybe short term gain at long term pain.
1: Now they're talking about uh, whatever the name of the plans are, American recovery. And then there's going to be – they say that there's the Biden administration says there's going to be a second one following the first one. Who knows what that's going to be? But now they're talking about bailing out $350 billion plus for a lot of these states for – which we both know is going to be pre-COVID. I don't support that. But, Jonathan, let's be honest. As much as some of the red state governors can talk this down, because I understand where they're coming from, I don't see any governors turning down money coming from D.C.
2: Right. And I think that's the political reality of it is once the money is offered, it's going to be very difficult for governors to say, no, thanks, we're not going to take the money. That's the short-term thinking problem that affects every elected official, though, in many cases. And the longer-term problem, Ed, as you and I have talked about many times, is what about the strings that come with the dollars? And this is how the states get bribed, unfortunately, with their own dollars, their own taxpayers, sending it to Washington, Washington taking its cut, and then asking for all these additional requirements, maintenance of effort requirements, so many things that cost states money in the long term, that There's been some work done in the Obama bailout of states that showed uh, you know, somewhere in the range of anywhere from 30 upwards to 70 or 80 per- uh, cents on the dollar of costs that have been added to state budgets by accepting federal funds. So these things are not free, even though we think about it that way in a political context. We know better well, in the economic hey, context, states are setting themselves up for a loss of federalism and really problems going
1: forward. Let me say I want to play some more clips here in a moment. I remember when the Obama stimulus came out, we had in Florida, we had re- reported bike paths to nowhere let's just throw a sweaty lot of money out there oh, i hate to say this I, th- I think if you had to compare the two this might be a little bit better but that's not saying anything that's like saying do you want chocolate or do you want dark chocolate they're both almost the same having said this is there is going to be a lot of pork barrel spending inside these bills. The Democrats are going to try to get what they want. That, to me, is going to be the interesting thing. Here is, I think, the economist is Ed Yardensey with Yardensi Research. He says, what we need to do is what Bush did, excuse me, not Bush, but what Trump did last year. You want to get the economy turned around. Here's the clip. Oh, stop with the lockdowns. The
2: reality is, uh, we had um, a remarkable recovery last year. Um, a lot of that had to do with... the. Uh, eliminating the lockdown restrictions uh, that really uh, knocked the economy for a loop. And once the restrictions were lifted, um, it was kind of, uh, we all had cabin fever. And uh, the best way to get out of cabin fever is to get out of the cabin and go shopping.
1: Jonathan, you travel throughout the country as an economist. Are we, I don't know if we're at the peak of the COVID deaths. The vaccine's going to give confidence to a lot of people. They're going to come out and spend more money. Having said this, are we... Are we done? I mean, whatever Newsom's going to come back. Is this pretty much the end of the end of the shutdowns as far as what we think of?
2: You know, let's all hope so. Right. Because I don't know how many more small businesses are going to be able to take it for this much longer. Where I was talking to some California friends this morning. And they said that even outdoor dining is not allowed, where even ways that people can get back to some normalcy in a safe way is not allowed. And, you know, I think even as we've seen the rhetoric change pretty dramatically in this last week or so from even mayor of Chicago, (coughs) Lightfoot and others that have said, hey, we need to absolutely reopen businesses and restaurants. And now there's a consensus that schools need to reopen, I think. And so let's hope we're through the worst of it, because really the states that are dragging down the American economy right now that, as you mentioned, the unemployment rates just under seven nationally, it's New Jersey and it's New York and it's California and states like that that have taken the most extreme lockdown measures versus some of the governors that took a much different approach uh, in, let's say, Iowa... Right. South Dakota, Nebraska, where their unemployment rate's in the 3% range. So, a huge difference between how states and how governors have handled the lockdowns in their economies.
1: Jonathan, on the other side of our quick break, I want to talk to you about what the Christmas tree is now putting up again for the Democrats and some of the goodies they want to put in the stimulus bill. And is it possible? That finally, they will get what they want with a $15 an hour minimum wage. More on the other side, Florida Daily TV, Ed Dean, economist Jonathan Williams, of course, brought to you by Farrah and Farrah. Go to FarrahandFarrah.com, serving you since 1979, lawyers you can trust. That's FarrahandFarrah.com. More on the other side of the break.
0: When we come to work in the morning, we don't think about all the money we have won against big tobacco, big pharma, or the insurance industry. That's in the past. Life faces forward, and so do we. It's been said to live in the past is to die in the present. What really matters is what we can do for you and your family right now, right this second. So call us, Farah and Farah, here for you, here for good.
1: Welcome back to another. Well, on the other side of the break, right here, Florida Daily TV on FloridaDaily.com, brought to you by Farah and Farah, serving you since 1979, lawyers you can trust. That's FarrahandFarrah.com. Economist Jonathan Williams. Jonathan, here's a little bit from uh, Fox Business Network on the... Christmas tree wish list by Democrats and the Biden administration, With and there will be another stimulus package. This is what's being talked about.
3: And Democrats on Capitol Hill have their own ideas about what this new bill should look like. Moderate Democratic Senator Joe Manchin is calling those $2,000 stimulus checks, says they can't be a carte blanche. But Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders says that they are a promise that must be kept. Unemployment benefits may not be an easy swing either. Chairman of the Senate Finance Committee, Ron Wyden, is pledging to push for his proposal to boost those benefits by $600 a week all the way through October. But that might be too much and too long for some Democrats. Remember, there were 18 House Democrats who voted against the $2 trillion aid package back in October. Many of those seats are now held by Republicans, which means that the margin of error for Democrats in the House is even smaller. Meanwhile, progressives have their own wish list, too, including canceling up to $50,000 in student debt compared to the $10,000 that Biden has proposed. They also want to strengthen worker safety protections, raise the minimum wage and create.
1: I want to stop two things. Let's fly through this. Six hundred dollars in unemployment, extra insurance through October. I mean, I think one of the reasons why the economy, at least the jobs, haven't made a full comeback, but a lot of them come back because they ended the unemployment, which people sit back and go, hey, I need to go find a job. That really has got me right here. But, Jonathan, I'm a little nervous here. They can. I know it's 50-50 in the U.S. Senate and the House. I know you're a policy guy, but you got to look at numbers as well. $15 an hour minimum wage. What is the likeliness that may pass among both Democrats in the Senate and the House?
2: Well, it is Joe Manchin's Senate, as the clip alluded to at this point. And there's going to be, let's hope the cooler heads like his prevail in a lot of cases versus the Bernie Sanders progressive wing. But the votes you know, seem to be there for some of you know these uh, either stimulus or minimum wage type proposals to some degree to get to 51. And then, of course, the speaker Pelosi's margins are pretty tight in the House. And so I think that probably something does get done. Just the question is, is what level is it and uh, how much damage does it cause to the economy? But as You know, well, Ed, we've talked about, you know, many times on the radio show, you know, this is a $15 minimum wage has been disastrous for the states and the cities that have tried it. And, you know, that's even within high cost areas like Seattle out in Washington state. I cannot imagine what rural America and low cost of living areas how impacted they would be. And the small businesses that have basically just been able to keep it together to stay afloat during COVID, now automatically being hit with the $15 an hour federally mandated minimum wage is absolutely economic malpractice, uh, that idea. And it would be a huge job killer across the country.
1: One of the things, very few, if any, I agree with Barack Obama's in 2010, he extended the Bush tax cuts. Remember, the Bush tax cuts were going to be uh, sunsetted and it continued for two more years. Um, And now we saw during the campaign that Biden comes out and says he wanted a full repeal, full repeal of the Bush, excuse me, the Trump tax cuts. Now is the former Fed chair, now I'm going to be the nominee for Treasury Secretary. Janet Yellen says, one, which we had predicted on the radio show weeks ago, you're on with me. I said, there is no way they're going to increase taxes during the middle of the recession. She's already come out and says, not going to do it right now with COVID. Then she came out, and I think this, I don't know, I wouldn't expect the mainstream media to cover this. But then she came out, and you heard the clip we played on the morning show, that uh, uh, by radio show, that Biden is not going to support a full repeal, just several parts of it, and she's gonna, and we're going to keep the Trump ta- other parts of the Trump tax cuts in place. I was surprised to hear that.
2: Yeah, and as you and I have talked for months, uh, I'm glad you brought this up because <clears> it was which. Joe Biden are we going to get? Are we going to get kind of the uh, moderate uh, kind of uh, establishment Joe Biden or the Joe Biden that's being led by the progressive wing of of the Democrat Party right now? And I think at least within the COVID environment, uh, the cooler heads within the administration are going to prevail and say it is absolutely economic silly season to say we're going to raise taxes during the midst of COVID. Now, the real question will be is how much do they try to dismantle of the Trump tax cuts Post COVID, and I think that's the unanswered question at this point. Well, hold on, I think but that's Jonathan, very good signal coming from Janet Yellen right
1: Jonathan, now. Jonathan, we don't know when post COVID is. Could could it be two years? And by then, they may lose the Senate and the House. Jonathan, I didn't mean to interrupt you, real quick. The fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage, Florida voted for it, but it starts at ten, and it was smart of the Dems to do this. I didn't support it, but it gradually increases it over to twenty twenty six to fifteen. From what we are hearing, I know we haven't seen full all of this, are we talking about a $15 an hour federal minimum wage you know, incrementally increased or like day one of 2022?
2: Well, let's hope it's uh, not day one, right? Because that would be an absolute disaster yeah. to the system in small businesses across the country. Uh, you know, look at even the CBO. Don't take conservative free market economist Jonathan Williams' word for it. The CBO said that would kill a $15 an hour minimum wage would kill more than a million 1 million jobs up to maybe 3 million jobs Ed. and so they're going to have to be very smart about exactly. how they do this where it's not going to create a huge shock to the system in a, in a way that we're still trying to obviously recover from this horrible uh, last year.
1: Yep, the party that doesn't know economics and math those are the, those of them on the left. Jonathan Williams. With the American Legislative Exchange Council, you are one of my favorites. You make the controversial conversation. I make things simplistic, again, at the American Legislative Exchange Council. Jonathan, good to have you on Florida Daily TV.
2: Hey, thanks, my friend. Good to be with you. And uh, like we always say, you know, we believe in science, economic science. Exactly. Right?
1: <laughs> so, hey. Another edition of Florida Daily TV brought to you by Farah and Farah, serving you since 1979. FarahandFarah.com. Lawyers you can trust. That's FarahandFarah.com. And we'll see you next time right here on FloridaDaily.com.
0: This episode of Florida Daily was brought to you by Farah and Farah. Don't let an accident wreck your life. Our legal experts are ready to fight for the justice and compensation you deserve. Call Farah and Farah.